This is a Soulfire production. Hey everybody, welcome back. Wow. Last episode I released was three days, two days ago, and it feels like we are in a different world now. Holy shit. You know, I'm going to be straight with you. I struggled putting this episode together, and not because there is a shortage of things to talk about, but it is... um, a discernment piece. Everyone knows what's going on. Everybody's seeing it. I, I don't think there's any real way of hiding what's going on unless you're one of those those people on the right that are trying to villainize anybody who's outspoken. Um, but, you know, lo and behold, it has become a partisan conversation, as always. Now... It can't be that protesters and the people out, you know, mobilizing and taking action and standing up for what they believe in. They can't be people that are that are driven by values. Those are liberals now. That's it. We can just chalk it up to them being liberals, and not the fact that they're disenfranchised, uh, frustrated, and potentially harmed by the type of action that has created this backlash. In the first place, that's that's coming from the top. That's coming from our president, Donald J. Trump. It's the liberals. That's it. That has nothing to do with. It has nothing to do with with black men being disproportionately killed by law enforcement officers, and just and it's not even. Yeah, of course the murders. The killings of unarmed black men are, are, are atrocious. But let's not forget the systemic injustice that is consistently, consistently upheld in this country. And as I've said before, there's no shame in being proud to be an American. And there's no shame in wanting something better for our future and the futures of our Children, families, friends, loved ones. This was all going to happen at some point. This was inevitable. And it's happening now. I'm not really stoked on the looting. I'm not excited to see burned cars on the street. I'm not, I don't love seeing the... Nike stores windows getting busted and shoes getting stolen and you know my heart really goes out to the small businesses that were hit hard by this that were looted as well um that's a tough one i think those people will be taken care of uh i sure hope so you know when it comes to the way that the american government has protected big business and corporate interests and their donors, I would hope that the public outcry from this situation would elicit 
some financial support for those impacted, um, particularly small businesses that have been hammered by COVID-19 and are now being hammered by these protests and riots. I was able to get out to the Denver protest today. Um, Had to have been 3,000 people at the Capitol. Um, Marching, chanting. And I really went, one, to show my support, and two, just to see what was going on. See who these people are. I want to see who's out here. Who is it? Is it a bunch of people that are just generally pissed off, that are pissed off at anything always? Is that who this is? And no, no. Denver is actually a predominantly uh, white city. And I would actually say that there were more white people there than any other race. And that that actually the, 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 the demographics of that gathering really seemed to match the demographics of the city. It wasn't... Only the disenfranchised. And that was something that really stood out to me. It was people who have noticed this and noticed this and it has been boiling and boiling and it's finally boiled over. Myself being one of those. Let's be real here. I've had I've had I've had I've had challenges in my life and I've worked hard and I've I've put myself in a situation where I can do well for myself, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I've had sacrifices and, and all of that shit. Not to say that being a six-foot-four white dude wasn't helpful. Okay? Call it what it is. It helps. Whether it's the color of your skin your fucking bone structure, how pragmatic your parents were. I mean, quality of parents is a huge privilege as well. But I think what we would like to see, I know what I would like to see, is a society that can actually take care of its people. Because we have this booming economy and we have this, this, society that people shit maybe up until recently have idolized and sought to be here but it seems to be more of a facade every day we've done great things but we haven't really taken care of our people I don't mean people racially I mean people as Americans. And for those of us that have had the opportunities, we know that we may have started life a little bit ahead of some other people. And that's okay. Uh, there's no shame in that. You get the hand dealt, you get the hand dealt that you're dealt. It is what it is. But It doesn't mean you, you need to be blind to those who didn't really have the same shake. And when those people are killed, it's hard not to be outraged. It's hard not to be upset. 
And for me, it's I have an interesting dichotomy with this. Uh, God, it's hard to even get words out today. I have an interesting view on the situation because I've I've gotten the opportunity to experience. Although I'm not black and my family isn't black, some of the similar situations that black Americans have to deal with when it comes to drug, drug offenses, police, what I would believe to be injustice, what I believe to be legislation and a legal system that is meant to keep the people who enter that system in that system. It doesn't fucking work for us. It works for the private prison owners. It works for the government to keep people out of the system, out of the system of of economics, (laughs) out of the economic system, and in the prison system. It's, you know, this, this, this episode is more or less me Rambling, talking, thinking, processing out loud with a little bit of structure. But we're going to get into Derek Chavin and what's happened with him since he murdered George Floyd. And we're going to get into some of what's going on with these riots and how reporters are being treated as well. It's been pretty atrocious. And we're going to hear from uh, somebody I've grown to respect and admire a lot over the past couple years, and that is Killer Mike. And I, I my uh, my views of Killer Mike, or my introduction to him, was at a concert at one of his concerts with Run the Jewels. He's a rapper. He's an activist. He's a larger than life black man. He's got a big heart. And the way that they even conducted themselves at that concert at ACL, Austin City Limits, was done with so much dignity and respect for everyone in the audience that um, I was taken aback. It was just something that I'd never seen before. So we're going to hear what he has to say, and he gives a very impassioned speech about the situation, and I just couldn't agree with him more. I think it's one of the one of the most heartfelt things I've seen throughout this entire experience. But with that, I want to let you know if you're into this show, if you love this show, if you're down with the Wanders, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and share it with some friends, share it with some family, share it with people who you think would be into this thing. We're trying to get in the know. And I'm doing everything I can to get things out a little faster, a little more on top of it, a little more refined. Uh, but it's a process. And I, you know, I started this thing wanting to just... <laughs> bring some levity to the political commentary and kind of expose some of the bullshit that I was noticing. Um, and given the state of things, uh, it has shifted quite a bit. Um, and I'm sure at one point we'll get back to the rambunctious irreverence of this show. But for now, um, I think it's best to take what's happening very seriously and share information as, as we get it. Um, And with that, let's jump into the state of things.
All right. Derek Chavin, Chauvin, Chavin, whatever the fuck that guy's name is. The ex-Minneapolis police officer who killed George Floyd has been arrested and charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter. Now, there's a lot in this, and you may think that third-degree murder is a little bit light, but I want to read you really what third-degree murder means and what manslaughter means because these things can get a little bit convoluted. Um, so let's get into what third-degree third murder actually is in the state of Minnesota. Third-degree murder is the unlawful killing of a human being resulting from extreme reckless conduct that manifests a wanton disregard for human life. So extreme reckless conduct. That seems to fit. Now, with first and second-degree murder, there is the, the intent to kill is there. The premeditated, um, in the first-degree murder sense, the premeditated intent to kill. Second-degree murder is intent to kill. And... People would argue this. This could be a first or second degree murder case. Um, I think what the prosecution is going with here is a slam dunk on convicting this man of murder. And they don't want the jury having to consider his intent. That will likely be to the defense argument. And they also tack on manslaughter here. And manslaughter is the crime of killing a human being without malice, a forethought, or otherwise in circumstances not amounting to murder. So they tack that on. I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand how those two would go together. Can you could be convicted of both? I don't know. Um, but these could lead to a very substantial sentence. And I don't understand how they wouldn't. It seems to me that they're going to do whatever they can to make an example of a police officer finally. Finally. On top of all this, his wife has filed for divorce and really just wants her family to be safe and not harassed. I understand that and I feel for her. Obviously, she had nothing to do with this. Their family had nothing to do with this and people are fucking ruthless this is not, you know, I put myself in the situation, try and, and I've talked about it many times in this show is, is putting myself in this guy's shoes. Right. And what the hell he's thinking right now, what's going through his mind right now, what has happened because of this man's reckless action. And to be completely honest with you, I don't think this motherfucker will survive in prison. I just don't. That's not how fucking prisons work. You kill little kids, you rape little kids in prison, you're probably going to have a hard time. You're probably not going to get out alive. You're a police officer who's killed multiple people and then responsible for this. And you think that they're not going to make an example of you when you're in that, when you're in prison. So this guy's looking at either potentially getting murdered in prison. Okay. That's highly possible. And the only defense he has against that is joining up with white supremacist groups in prison. Now, I talked about this last week, but I, I think it's worth covering again. Uh, my dad was in pr federal prison for the better part of six years. Um, he got, just got released a little bit early 
because of uh, the COVID-19 situation. He's under house arrest now. But the last time I spoke to him uh, in person was about four years ago. Um, and one of the things that he had talked about, oh, you know what? That's, I, I, that's, that's incorrect. He had called me on my, on my last birthday, so six or so months ago. And we had talked a couple times in between here and there. But the last time I saw him in person was about four years ago. But we had spoken since, and we had texted quite a bit. Um, they actually have a texting service in prison. Of course, all of it's read um, and filtered through and saved and archived. But one thing that he was really having a hard time with um, was that it's so racially divided in prison. My dad's not a racist dude. Um, I don't think he really give a fuck either way. It's not really his jam. But in order for him to be safe in prison, he had to kick it with the white dudes. The white dudes are generally white supremacists. A lot of those guys in prison. It's where a lot of those guys come from, actually. Very racially segregated in prison. So for this guy to get any kind of protection, especially for killing an unarmed black man in the street, on video, which has resulted in this, you got to think that's his only option. Now, as we all kind of predicted, things are getting a little murky. So I want to read to you from the autopsy report. And this is really, this gives me a little bit of a, gives me a little pause. All right, going to do my best here. The autopsy revealed no physical findings that support a diagnosis of traumatic asphyxia or strangulation. Mr. Floyd had underlying health conditions including coronary artery disease and hypertensive heart disease. The combined effect of Mr. Floyd being restrained by police, his underlying health conditions, and any potential intoxicants in his system likely contributed to his death. What in the fuck? Really? We're going to go that route. It had nothing to do with the knee on his neck for seven minutes. You don't think he would still be alive if he would have been restrained some other ne- other way. Not to mention he was already in handcuffs. And this cop's so much of a pussy that he's got to kneel on his neck with three other officers standing by. That's the route he chose to go. And now we're going to say that it was his coronary artery disease and hypertension that killed him. And any other intoxicants in his system? Really? I don't think that's going to age well. I really don't. Oh, man. I can. Here's the thing, too. Here's the thing. If Derek Chavin gets off, you think what's happening right now is bad? Whew. Holy shit. I would like to see a second degree murder charge here. Because at some point in that seven minutes, seven minutes is a long time to have your knee on someone's neck. At some time in that seven minutes, I want to think when someone's begging for their life, You begin to become more than just reckless. You begin 
to want that person to die. If you're at that level, if you're at that place, there's a flip, there's a switch flip in your head when it goes from being reckless to intent to kill. Now, was it premeditated? No. First degree murder doesn't really make sense here, but second degree with intent to kill. At some point, that argument could be made. At some point. But we're going to sit here and say, or excuse me, they're going to sit here and say, oh, it was hypertension and coronary artery disease and any other intoxicants in his system. Oh, man. There's no news on the other three officers who were fired from this situation. But we got to think something's coming down the pipe pretty soon. Now, I don't know what they would be charged with. I don't know how that would go. But the sad thing is these guys could just get another job somewhere. I don't think they'd have that much trouble with it. You just find a racist department somewhere and there you go. Super interesting to see this all play out. So that's that. Third degree murder and manslaughter are the charges at this point. Now, riots are getting out of hand. Out of hand. Obviously, Minneapolis is a hot spot. We've all seen the videos. Fast food joints getting burned down, Target getting looted, AutoZone being burned down, as well as what's going on in L.A., Denver, Austin, Louisville, Oakland, New York City, Chicago, and so many more. Like, so many more. Now, what I did see right before I started recording is that a semi-truck kind of plowed into a group of protesters. I don't know any details on that, so I'm not going to share that video with you if something else comes out. Between now and the next show, I will gladly play that. But it didn't seem like anyone was hurt. Um, so I didn't want to go down the rabbit hole with that and make a bunch of assumptions. But these riots are super wild. And it's 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 hard not to condemn the vandalism, the theft, the looting. But it's also hard not to understand where these people are coming from. Now, of course, of course there are people that are just taking advantage of this situation to steal and rob and be destructive and vandalize and do all that shit. Right? They're just taking advantage of it. But there are also police officers who take advantage of the power they have to harm others. There's a certain subset of any group who has nefarious intentions. I understand that. And groupthink is a really dangerous thing in these types of situations. But so often, we're seeing officers continue to brutalize people peaceful people, the press, a CNN reporter got fucking arrested on live TV. How stupid do you have to be to make that call? 
And we're going to play a video about something that happened to a Vice reporter as well. But a lot of these, I've watched a, a small woman get pushed to the ground and watched her head smack the concrete by a police officer. And maybe she was being ridiculous. Maybe she was running at him or maybe she, whatever. But what he did was not necessary. Not at all. This goes both ways. This goes both ways. But I want to I want to play this right here, and I'm going to kind of talk you through it a little bit. So what we've got here is this Minneapolis. They're at a stop and shop in the parking lot by a by gas pumps, and the police come through, say it's private property. Tell everybody to get on the ground. You'll see that. Um, the vice reporter complies, complies, holds his press badge, and we're going to get into it right now. Let's just let's just jump into it. I am press. Okay, I'm down. I'm down. Okay, so the guy says, I don't care. Get down. He says, okay. Gets down. Is holding his press badge. They're moving through okay. with their tear gas guns. Still holding his press credentials up. I am press. And gets pepper sprayed in the fucking face. <laughs> Unbelievable. This guy's not a protester. He's not looting. He's not rioting. He's the fucking press. He's covering this story. And he's likely going to side with the fucking cops. Just sprayed in the face with pepper spray. Wow. Wow. That's where we're at. Currently have my head on the ground. Okay. Now they tell him to get up and get in the car. I can't believe that. Hey, you know what? I can't believe that. I can't believe that happened. After the shit that I've seen, you think that this kind of stuff going around is going to make people trust the police more? Is that what we're going with? That this type of footage, you got to assume that you're being filmed at all times right now. And this type of footage is going to make people trust the police more. When they're arresting CNN reporters and spraying vice reporters in the face with pepper spray while they're laying on the ground, complying. He sprayed that guy like he was spraying ants in the backyard with, with ant spray. Like, oh, there's one. Psh. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Man, I just, I don't know where it goes from here. I don't know where it goes from here. But I want to get into this talk with Killer Mike. Super heartfelt. And man, this is just fucking hard. This is hard. Let's get into it. I didn't want to come and I don't want to be here. I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. 
Um, my cousin is an Atlanta City police officer and my other cousin East Point police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta that even after becoming police had to dress in a YMCA because white officers didn't want to get dressed with niggers. And here we are 80 years later, I watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. So I'm duty bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw, and we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better right now. We don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. And as I sit here in Georgia, home of Stevens, Georgia, former vice president of the Confederacy, white man said that law, fundamental law stated that whites were naturally the superior race. And the Confederacy was built on a cornerstone. It's called a cornerstone speech. Look it up. The cornerstone speech that blacks would always be subordinate. That officer believed that speech because he killed that man like an animal. In this city, officers have done horrendous things and they have been prosecuted. This city's cut different. In this city, you can find over 50 restaurants owned by black women. I didn't say minority and I didn't say women of color. So after you burn down your own home, what do you have left but char and ash? CNN, Ted did a great thing. 
I love CNN. I love Cartoon Network. But I'd like to say to CNN right now, karma's a mother. Stop feeding fear and anger every day. God damn, Stop making people feel so fearful. Give them hope. I'm glad they only took down a sign and defaced a building and they're not killing human beings like that policeman did. I'm mm. glad that they only destroyed some brick and mortar and they didn't rip a father from a son. They didn't rip a, fa a son from a mother like the policeman did. When a man yells for his mother in duress and pain and she's dead, he is essentially yelling, please, God, don't let it happen to me. And we watch that. So my question for us on the other side of this camera is after it burns, will we be left with charred or will we rise like a phoenix out of the ashes that Atlanta has always done? Will we use this as a moment to say that we will not do what other cities have done and in fact we will get better than we've been? We got good enough to destroy cash bonds. You don't have to worry about going to jail for some petty. We got smart enough to decriminalize marijuana. How smart are we going to be in the next 15 or 20 years to keep us ahead of this curve? So that much like when South Africa suffered apartheid, you had Andy and other politicians that could make sure that Atlanta said, Coca-Cola, we love you. But if you don't pull out of South Africa, we're going to leave. We're not going to drink Coca-Cola anymore. Coca-Cola jumped on their side and apartheid ended. So we have an opportunity now because I'm mad. I don't have any good advice. But what I can tell you is that if you sit in your homes tonight, instead of burning your home to the ground, you will have time to properly plot, plan, strategize, and organize, and mobilize in an effective way. And two of the most effective ways is first taking your butt to the computer and making sure you fill out your census so that people know who you are and where you are. The next thing is making sure you exercise your political bully power and going to local elections and beating up the politicians that you don't like. You got a prosecutor sent your partner to jail and you know it was bullshit. Put a new prosecutor in there. Now's your election to do it. You want a different senator that's more progressive that promotes marijuana through? Now is the time to do that. But it is not time to burn down your own home. I love and I respect you. I hate I don't have more to say. I hate I can't fix it in a snap. I hate Atlanta's not perfect for as good as we are. But we have to be better than this moment. We have to be better than burning down our own homes. Because if we lose Atlanta, what else we got? We lose an ability to plot, to plan, to strategize, to organize, and to properly mobilize. I want you to go home. I want you to talk to 10 of your friends. I want you guys to come up with real solutions. I would like for the Atlanta City Police Department to bring back the Community Review Board, one that Alice Johnson was formerly under, under Chief Turner. We need a review board here because we need to get ahead of it before an officer does some stupid shit. We need to get ahead of it. That's my recommendation to my mayor and my chief. Let's get a review board, let's get ahead of it, and let's give them power. We don't need an officer that makes a mistake once, twice, three times, and finally he kills a boy on national TV, and the next thing you know, the country is burning down. We don't need a dumbass president repeating what segregationists said. You start looting, we start shooting. But the problem is Oof. some officers black and some people going to shoot back. And that's not good for our community either. I love and respect you all. I hope that we find a way out of it because I don't have the answers. But I do know we must plot. We must plan. We must strategize, organize, and mobilize. Thank you for allowing me some time to speak. I'd like to appreciate our chief for what she said on YouTube. I thought it was very bold to do. I'd like to appreciate our mayor for talking to us like a black mama and telling us to take our ass at home. 
And I'd like to talk, to thank my friend for convincing me to come here. And I'll defer to Joe Beasley now because he knows a hell of a lot more than we do. Thank y'all. Man. <sighs> There's no denying the passion in that man's heart. Much respect to Killer Mike. And there's not a lot for me to even add to that, really. (sighs) We've got to accept. We've got to accept and quit living in the denial of the structure this country was founded on. We've got to accept it. Without acceptance of how this whole fucking thing got started, we go nowhere. You want to be like these right-wing dipshits? The fucking Charlie Kirks and the Ben Shapiros of the world? You want to follow their fucking hyper-intellectual advice? Be my fucking guest. But you're living in denial. You're cherry-picking data, and you're putting it in your pocket. So you cannot accept the hard fucking truths. We've got to accept the systems that this country were built on and how they perpetuate the oppression and the lack of equality that we live with every day. Do what you want to do, but try and fucking listen and think, learn, get fucking curious. Remember those days when we were kids, we were learning about the Mayflower and the fucking relationship with the Native Americans and and Thanksgiving and all this other fucking nonsense. Right? Remember, you believe that. You believe that was true. It's nice to believe that that was true. It's really, it's a really convenient thing to believe. And then the fucking air gets let, let out of that balloon. And you see what it really was. If you want to see it. Now, that's one belief. How many beliefs do you hold right now that are similar? That are convenient for you? I know I've got some that I don't see, but I try and find those motherfuckers all the time. It's easy to believe what's in your own benefit. It's easy to believe what validates you. And it's so easy for us to look at the world and say, let's bring people up. Let's bring people up. We're going to bring everybody up. It's going to be great. It's bullshit. You've got to address the power structures that created this system in the fucking first place. And I'm with Killer Mike. Burn that shit to the fucking ground. We're all better off without it. And the people that aren't better off without it are the ones telling you it's not a fucking big deal. Critical thinking and accepting difficult truths is something we don't get taught. It's something you have to take responsibility for yourself. No one's going to do it for you. 
And with the world we live in today, with media that can confirm your already existing beliefs in the convenient truths for you everywhere, it's so easy to just confirmation bias yourself into fucking delusion. And if you want to live that way, then be my guest. But know that I don't have any fucking respect for you. That's not how I'm going to live my life either. Spend some time with people who have lived a different kind of life. Take yourself out of the equation just for a little while. And see what's really there. It's worth the look. Now let me give you something to think about. This segment today is simple, but it's not easy. What do we do now? There's a million things I could fucking talk about right now, but this is the only one that matters. What can we do now? What can you do now? What can you say? What can you share? Who can you meet? What questions can you ask to move forward from here? It's not going to be sunshine and fucking rainbows. We've layered issue on top of issue, on top of problem, on top of problem, and now we're laying under a fucking pile of bullshit. And the people that pull the strings just keep pulling the strings and keep cashing the fucking checks, and here we are. Here we are. It's not right, but it's fucking necessary. And those people that criticized Kaepernick for taking a knee in peaceful protest, told him to get back to doing his job, those are the people that are responsible for this. The people that didn't fucking listen. Now, you're going to be one of the people who didn't fucking listen? Or are you going to be one of the people who consider all options, all life, and possibly change your behavior because of it? Possibly do something outside of your comfort zone because of it? It's something to think about. Where do we go from here? I want to apologize for this show not being uh, light, funny banter, but I just don't think there's a lot of space for that right now. But if you respect this show, if you appreciate this show, if you appreciate these takes, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, share the show with somebody that it might matter to. 
Think about where you're going to go from here. Strange times right now. Strange times. We got to do something about it. Until next time. Keep your head on straight. Later.